Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our show today, Coach Rick, Think Outside the Diamond. We have a uh, great guest that's going to be calling in, and this is a very interesting story. Uh, last week, uh, somebody actually just came to my studio and actually happened to have uh, free time and uh, just kind of popped out of the sky. You call it like a, uh, you know, angel falling from the sky, I would say. But uh, th- he came in, and uh, his name was Bobby Rowan, and he introduced himself, and he was from Illinois and happened to be in, in town. And it was kind of a, a great conversation and learned a little bit about Bobby. And I'm like, hey, Bobby, you need to get on the show because you have a lot of information you could provide my audience in the training lab. And uh, he said, Sure. So uh, after, you know, talking to Bobby for an hour and, and conversing and, and learning a little bit about him, uh, I want to get him on the show today. He's going to share with you guys. He's, uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about himself, but he, uh, he's a coach, USA uh, head instructor and coach for USA Baseball in Illinois, and he owns and runs uh, Rowan Baseball and Softball Academy in St. Charles, Illinois. And uh, what a great guy and what a great uh, load of information he provided me um, when he was in town here in Naples. So it was a, it was a fantastic conversation. And like I said before, when I, when he came and he called and he was talking to him, I'm like, man, you've got to talk, we've got to share this information. So he'll be calling in here any minute now. And um, when he does, uh, I want you guys to just kind of be a sponge here and absorb some of the things he says, because he's, uh, he's, he's, he's had some success. Uh, he's been doing this since 1978, I believe. And, um, he was on the coaching staff of uh, the 1986 uh, Arizona Arizona State uh, championship team, national championship team. So he's he's been around a lot of good baseball people, uh, knows his stuff, and uh, I want you just to uh, just to be a sponge here and absorb, you know, the information he's going to provide you. Uh, so, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and get him on the on the show, and we're going to introduce him uh, right now. Hey, Bobby, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Rick. Glad to be on. Awesome. Now, how's, it, how's, it, how's everything going over there in uh, St. Charles? Well, it's a little cooler than we like right now. You're kind of in a little more of a uh, fall weather. Uh, had a lot of cancellations um, as far as games, but you know, man, when, when they cancel games, they got to go somewhere to hit. So it's good for me. That's right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's really good. Got to keep those guys going, you know? Absolutely. Tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, tell the audience a little bit about your background and, you know, what you do and how you got into it and, you know, how long you've been doing it. Because, um, you know, I know I know all this information, but uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's it was impressive when we sat down and spoke. So I wanted you to share that with the uh, with the audience. Well, I appreciate that, Rick. Um, I'm 62 years old. I've been doing this for about 37 years now. Um, without going into the when everything started, I coached uh, college baseball for 13 years. I was at uh, I started out at uh, Coaches Community College in uh, Douglas, Arizona, in a highly competitive uh, Arizona uh, JC conference, and uh, was able to coach under uh, two outstanding gentlemen, uh, Mike Lane for one year. Went on to uh, just um, all kinds of greatness at North Alabama, and uh, actually in the field after him, and then Bo Hall who probably is in more Hall of Fames than I've got fingers. So I was able to go with – was under those two guys for three years. And then uh, I was lucky enough to get the uh, GA position at the University of Arizona. 
And uh, luckily, I was on the 86 uh, staff and won the national championship, uh, beat Florida State 10 to 2. And the only team to beat wow. us, believe it or not, is uh, the Miami Hurricanes. Rick, that was the only team to beat us that year uh, in that College World Series. Uh, <laughs> so you wow. guys did a good job wow. on us. But uh, then uh, after that, I um, started. In, uh, I was an assistant coach in Elmhurst College, and then I wanted to be a head coach at uh, two JCs. At the same time, I was. Um, uh scout for the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks, working with the catchers in the area, the prospects at the prospect camps and stuff. Uh, and all this time, still giving lessons, still doing training. And um, then I got involved with uh, USA Baseball for about five years, and I was uh, a, um, a coach and a scout in the Great Lakes area for the National Team Identification Series. And uh, about 2000 and, 2006, I left the YMCA. I was the president of two YMCA's, and I uh, left the YMCA to do this full-time. I started running baseball, softball, training, incorporating, and it's just been going great guns ever since. But uh, I've been lucky enough wow. to work with uh, a lot of different types of uh, players in that. Uh, you know, back when I was in Arizona, I was able to work with uh, Chip Hale, uh, uh, Tommy Henzo, Dave Roy in the big leagues, uh, Kevin, Kevin Long, who's the hitting coach at the uh, New York Mets, um, I was a JV. Yeah. Besides, yeah. Besides being the uh, hitting, more hitting coaches on the varsity, I was a JV coach, and Kevin uh, played for me. So I know Kevin, and uh, yeah. So it's been it's been a blessed life. I mean, it's been great doing what you love. That's unbelievable. What experience, you know? And you know, along the, along the way, I'm sure you made some great friendships. And I think that's what a lot of kids they get they get they don't realize is you know when you when you're playing a sport, you know. It's not just the um, the wins and losses and the teams and the championships and the trophies you bring home, but it's the lifelong friends you make. And I think you know, you know, your just explanation is amazing. Well, you know, it's funny you say it because my daughter is a college coach. She's up at St. Cloud State, and they just got knocked out of their of their uh, postseason. And so I I, I um, did a nice little post on uh, Facebook where you know I mentioned that you know it's not the you know, the memories that you have after this year aren't going to be the days you went three for four or you threw a no-hitter. It's, it's the days that you – what you're going to miss is when uh, those smiling faces you see every day, those joking around and, and laughing and having a good time and, and being a part of a family that only you know of. And uh, those are the memories. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, Rick, every time you talk to anybody that, that's left the game, any game, they don't talk about yeah. – uh, the exhilaration on the field, they talk about the camaraderie that they're going to miss, just seeing those guys every day. Yep, absolutely. It's it's so true, and it's a, it's the friendships that you make that last, and and the, and the memories absolutely. that you make, and and the, and the connections. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's great. So, what would you say your specialty is? Like, would it, would it be hitting? Would it be you know catching? What would you say you oh, do? Gosh. Like, you know, mainly. What, my my biggest okay, my biggest thing. Okay, hitting is obviously my biggest thing. I've always been involved in hitting. Um, and I was, and then I also was a catcher in college, but and I also played infield and outfield. And the Diamondbacks had me, the Rangers they had me working with the area with catching. So catch is kind of my expertise when it comes to that. At the University of Arizona, okay. I was I was I was the infield coach. Jerry Kendall, of course, one of the all-time great Hall of Fame coaches, one of the few guys to play on on a on a NCAA national championship and coach a national championship. Play was with the was at the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians for ages. So I was his, I was with the infield there, so I got infield under me. I know outfield. But 
One of the things wow. that I think that really helped me was my was my first year at Cochise. I was with Mike Lane. I worked with the catchers and I worked with the hitters, and he had the pitchers and the infielders. So when he left to go North Alabama, then Bo Hawk comes in. The first thing he says to me, he says, "So what do you work with?" I go, "I go with the catchers." He goes, "Good, you got the pitchers too." I said, "I got the pitchers." Huh. He says, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I've never pitched in baseball in my life." He goes, "Well, you got them." So I had to learn pitching. So believe it or not, I also end up being pitching coach at three colleges too. So I work with pitchers too. So when it comes to you, if you're asking wow. me what I can, when I, when I work with, I work with everything in baseball, base stealing. Uh, we stole two hundred forty-two bases in forty-two games at uh, Kishwaukee College and broke the national record when I was there. Um, so I can teach base stealing, I can teach hitting, I can teach throwing, I can teach everything. The only thing I can't teach is the windmill pitch and fast pitch softball. I even had to teach myself how to do the slap hitting as far as teaching slap hitting with uh, with my slap, with my softball. Because I'm going to tell you something, Rick. I started on this business. It was probably 90% baseball, 10% softball. Now softball is going up to be about, about maybe 50-50. I mean, fast pitch softball is wow. huge. So, so, yeah, so I had, yeah. To, I had to kind of evolve into this kind of thing. And, uh, so I feel real comfortable working with pitchers, too. That's unbelievable. That's great. So you're you're pretty diverse, and that's great because someone kind of comes to you, you can, you know, really if they have any 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 issues other than hitting, you can you can really address those, and that's kind of like the yeah. nice. I feel comfortable. Yeah, that's good. That's great. So let's let's go back to the hitting aspect, and you know, talk a little bit about that. You know, what's some of the major, and some of the, um, I'd say the most common mistakes that you see a lot of hitters are making these days, um, in in what is it, and what do you do to try to help them get over that uh, that little hump? Well, you know, I, in my in my teaching, as far as mechanics go, I've got six areas of hitting that, that I emphasize. I emphasize. I work on the stance, the the load, the contact point, the extension, elevation of the swing, and the finish. Those are those six areas I I focus on. But what I really really get hard on are mainly three things. And that is my three H's. One is is the head. Okay. The second one is the hands. Yep. And the third H is the hips. So let, let, let's start wow. let's start with the head. Okay. I'll get kids that come up, you know, first thing a parent comes to me, let's face it, Rick, you and I both know it's the parents and the kids. It's it's that family team that yep. comes in the place and wants to train with you. First thing you know normally people say, well you know he's not hitting the ball, he's striking out, blah 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 and so you got both Think about it, he's probably pulling, or she's pulling her head. So when it comes to the head, I start working on tracking the baseball. Because a lot of kids don't even realize, as you know, that that point is where you got to start seeing that baseball. And I ask them, I say, listen, I said, what's the first muscle that you use when you hit? Uh, your hands. Nope. Uh, your feet. Nope. Uh, your, your your hips. Nope. It's your eyes. The first muscles yep. that you work on is the eyes. You can see that baseball come out of reach point. You know, if you really work at it, you can see that wrist turn for the curveball. You see the hand, the ball come out of the hand for the fastball. You see the ball jump out of the hand for the curveball. All that good stuff. But the thing that they don't get is, is they don't understand exactly what tracking the baseball, the contact point is, because they think they're looking down, but they're looking down out in front. They're looking down over past the yep. past home plate. And so they're they're missing out on that contact point that's, to me, the most important part of my six mechanical parts. Now, here's what I do. I will take an object, okay, a Gatorade bottle, a softball, but anything other than the baseball, because that's what they're going to be looking at when they hit. And what I'll do is I'll get them in their stance, and let's say we're going to be working on the ball down the middle. So I'll put the Gatorade bottle on the ground 
right in line with their front foot. Okay? Now, I'm at a front toss BP distance as far as pitching. What I tell them is this. I'm going to throw the ball. Okay? You're going to track that baseball, and you're not going to hit that ball until it's directly over that Gatorade bottle. So now they're waiting. Okay? They're waiting for the ball, and now they're, now they're focusing on that. Now, here's the key, though. I say when you're done hitting that ball, your head's going to be remain on that Gatorade bottle. Because most kids think they're keeping their head down, but they're not. They're taking, they're pulling their head at yeah. contact point. They're not missing it. Because remember, when the ball's thrown, your bat's engaged on that, and you might get under it or get over it. So what they're doing is, is they're swinging and keeping their head down. And all of a sudden, their contact point improves, and then the strikeouts go down because of that. And that seems to work real good. I've actually had a couple college kids that we did that to, and they got a little bit upset. I said, well, what's, what's the matter? He goes, well, I can't take a Gatorade bottle <laughs> to the whole plate in the game. We just tell them just to, yeah. to snap the tap that bat in the, in the dirt and make their little hole right there. So tracking that baseball is one of the biggest ones. Another thing I do is I really emphasize Rick wood bats with all my kids. Even my softball girls got wood bats because you know number one is the sweet spots is smaller. Okay. Number two is you got the weight factor. You know you got a lot of kids who are swinging minus tens, minus elevens up until you know they get them to that. that that famous 14-year age where you got to have a minus five, and that's it. And, of course, you go to high school, you got a minus three. So you got the younger kids got a weight factor now. But the other thing is is that I'll take those baseball bats, those wood bats, Rick, and I'll have them. They tell me, I'll, gotta, I'll ask them, where's the sweet spot on this bat? I'm not going to show it to them. I want them to find it. And they put, they show me. I go, okay. So we take it, and I said, that's good. So we take a piece of tape, and we make a ring around it with the tape. And what they do is is now they have to focus on hitting the ball off the tape. So now I'm, force, I'm forcing them to track the baseball, and they're keeping their head down to try and see if they get that ball on the tape. And I get a lot of parents that go, come on, Bobby, are you kidding me? You actually expect them to hit that ball on that tape every time? I go, of course not, but they're trying. And then all of a sudden the parent goes, oh, I get it. So they're working on that kind of thing. You know, another thing I did is I took a lacrosse stick and I cut it off to about 32 inches. And um, I, I'll toss lacrosse balls to them. What they have to do is, they have to swing and catch the, the crossball in the basket and then drop it. Of course, what that does is now it helps them con- track the baseball to that basket, but it keeps them from rolling their hands over and that kind of thing, too, because then, you know, they're hitting the edge of the basket and that basket itself. So that's what I do for tracking yeah. the baseball. Now, the other, thing great. About, the other thing about the brain, though, that we forget is this, is that you and I both teach speed. You and I both teach swing fast. Whether it's your top hand fast, or mm-hmm. you got you got you got to have some miles per hour. Because remember, everything now, Rick is is exit point off the bat, exit point off the bat, bat speed. That's how they're judging you now. Okay, so we're teaching these kids yep. how to swing fast. So I get a lot of, I get a lot of parents coming. I go, well, how's he doing? Well, he's not doing very good, Bobby. Well, what's wrong? He goes, well, he's not hitting the ball like he does at you. I go, then I ask him this, Rick. I say, is he slowing his bat down when he hits? And they go, yeah. How come he does that? So I'll immediately look at the student and I'll say, what's the worst thing that happens when you hit? And he goes, well, striking out. I go, correct. So what he's doing is, is he's not swinging fast. He's swinging slower so he doesn't strike out. And he doesn't even realize. Mm. So you have to train yeah. the brain now, see. One of the great books that's out there, if you're a coach, is The Inner Game of Tennis. The Inner Game of Tennis teaches you that the brain cannot fail. It refuses to fail. So I'm telling these kids, you go up the bat and the brain saying, oh, God, don't do what Bobby does. Don't tell, no, no, don't swing fast or you're going to look stupid, okay? Now, the second thing is this, and this is, this is kind of a little phenomenon that's happening. I don't think it ever happens to you. 
But I'll get kids that come in every week, especially in the summer, travel ball. Well, how'd it go? Oh, I didn't do very well. What happened? Oh, the pitching was too slow. The pitching was too slow. The pitching was too slow. I have yet to have a kid tell me that the pitching was too fast, okay? So yep. here's what I say to them. I go, okay, okay. Well, then how come you can hit batting practice so well? And they don't have an answer. And here's the reason why. I'll ask them this. Why is batting practice so easy? And they'll say the number one answer. This is family feud, ding, 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 ding. The number one answer is this. Because there's no pressure. True. But here's the reason why. The reason why batting practice is so easy. Are you ready for this? It's because you assume every pitch is a strike. Now, I got this from – now, the next part I got – I'll give credit where credit is due. Well, the all-time great hitting coaches with ASU was Benny Hines. Okay? And Benny Hines told mm-hmm. all those guys at ASU, Barry Bonds and all them, assume every pitch is a strike. And the reason why you're successful is, is that if every pitch being a strike, it's yes, 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 crush, yes, 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 crush, yes, 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 crush. The problem is, mm-hmm. is that when these kids go from BP to the game, they're off instead of being on. Now they go to, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, oh, shoot, okay? So if you assume every pitch is a strike, your body is on, just let it go. And if it's not a strike, turn it off. It's easier to be on and off, turn off than off and turn on. I'm going to tell you, Rick, yeah. I've done clinics all over, all over this area, all over this five-state area. And I bet you if, if I had, if you asked me, what's the one thing most coaches say they take away? It's that right there. It's teaching their kids to assume every pitch is a strike. Yeah. You know what's really funny? Absolutely. I used to tell the, I, I, funny story. I used to tell these high school kids, I'll ask them, okay, what's the worst thing that happened? Miss the ball. What's the thing that happened? So we're working on that. So you're working on training the brain. You got, what's the worst thing that happened? Miss the ball. So we worked on that. We worked on that, okay? So one time I was going, I'm going to ask a nine-year-old kid. <laughs> I said, uh, see what he says. Just a nine-year-old kid. AJ, what's the worst thing that happens when you when you get in the batting cage when you get, when you go to hit? You know what he says? He says to me, get hit in the nuts. What? I go, okay, okay. What's the second worst thing that could happen when you get in the batting cage? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so that first age, the head, as you, as you can understand, is you got it's not only just that that you know tracking that baseball the point of contact and keep that head down, but you got to work on that brain a little bit too to try to try to get that confidence to hit. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. if we're look, if we're continuing on now with, with with the problems I see, the next part, the next thing is the hands. Now, you can't you can't argue that the eyes are most important because you got to see the baseball. But to me, mm-hmm. the hands are are such an important thing, and I got this from Rod Carew. Rod Crew one time, I was listening to him, and because we had a, we have a, a I, when I was at Coach East College, we used to go up to, imagine this, we used to go north, okay, for spring break, okay, because we went to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So we used to go up to Phoenix and play some of the minor league teams, and I got a chance to listen to Don Baylor once, and I had a chance to listen to Rod Crew once, talking to some hitters. And Rod held his hands up in front of these guys and goes, you hit with these, you hit with your hands. And he's right, because that's what yeah. holds the bat, Okay. So to me, the yep. hands are so important. And we kind of talked about this when we met the last time, is that um, one thing I always, when I get a kid that comes a hit, okay, the first time, the one thing I see, I bet it's 95, 90% is that they don't know how to load their hands. They don't know how to get mm-hmm. that separation from the body, okay, where they're going to build bat speed. Now, the biggest thing is that they look at me and they go, Bobby, come on, please. You know, I've heard hitting the baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports, so why do I want to increase the distance to the baseball? And you have to, and that's what's holding them back a lot. They, when they're in tight, see, they can yeah. use that. They can use a lot of core and everything. Okay, so I and I explained to them a little band theory. 
if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make this rubber band real fast and I'm gonna snap it, am I gonna pull it back two inches and make it go fast? I'm gonna pull it back twenty inches and make it go fast. Of course, they pick the further one. Well, there you go. That's how you get the back speed. That's how you get the. You, you, so we got to teach them to load. Okay, get the hands back. Yep. So what I do is, and I get a lot of kids that can't do that. So what I do is, I do what I call my Albert Pujols drill. Now, if you got Albert Pujols pitcher, or you ever seen him hit? You know that Albert's got his hands already back in the zone. He's got his hands. Because that knob of that bat's got to go past a little bit past that rear leg. If you look at any pitcher of big leaguers and they load, and like I showed you, all those pitchers like Harper and all those guys, I showed you when I was with you. Yep. But yep. Albert keeps his hands back when he starts. So I get the kids to feel what it's like to start from back there at first. Let me get that going. And then the top hand drill. When we do the top hand drill, it's a great drill not only to, to help you speed up the hand, to help you take that top hand of the baseball, to help you stay inside the ball with that knob, but a lot of times, the first thing a kid does when he goes top hand, he loads it back. It's like a tennis, and I call it the tennis theory. You put a tennis racket in the kid's hand, he's going to take it back and whack the tennis ball. He's not going to hold it real close to himself. So that's a drill I do for, for getting, the, getting that loading down. Um, the other thing is, is that we get a lot of kids that drop their hands. They, kids start at the top. Kids, I'm really big, Rick, on keeping their hands at the top of the strike zone for this reason. Besides the fact that you can, build, you can build gravitational pull when you hit, the other thing is that when you drop your hands at the lower than the top of the strike zone, you got to worry about three pitches. You got to worry about the ball above the hands, at the hands, and below the hands. Because believe me, if I'm if I'm going against you and you're dropping your hands, we're not even worrying about breaking balls. We're going to throw a four seed fastball right at your hands, and you're not going to be able to do anything. Maybe pop it up, but you're not going to be able to get through it. So by keeping the hands at the top of the strike zone, all you got to worry about is one pitch, a ball below your hands, okay? Now, the other thing about dropping your hands is, I want you to envision this now, when you drop your hands, your elbows will flare out when you drop your hands. Now, when that bottom arm elbow flares out and it's pointing at the pitcher, you're going to pull the bat through the zone, and that's where your pop-ups come from. That's where the head can come out, okay, because that shoulder's pulling out with it. So we want to keep that elbow down. If you look at all good hitters at the point of contact, their left elbow, their left arm is straight, and their 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 or their bottom arm is straight, and their top hand is bent, and the elbow close to the body. If that elbow bends, it's going to pull that bat across their body, and now they're going to hit the ball off the end of the bat, like I say, pop up. Okay, so I found this out late. I, you know, I. I was coaching for all those years, trying to cure the, the drop in the hands. I mean, there used to be the Gordy Gillespie vest where your hand stayed up, all kinds of stuff, put the bat on your shoulder, don't drop your hand. And Rick, here's what I finally did. I use it. And this is how I use it. Because we want quick fixes in baseball, especially here in the north, okay? We don't know that you guys can be outside yep. all the time. So here's what I do. Mm-hmm. If, a kid's got, if a kid's dropping his hands three to four inches, I raise the bat three to four inches. He will not drop it six inches. He'll drop the bat right where it's supposed to be anyway. And I have found that works mm. 100%. 100%. So wow. I got kids with their hands up wow. a little high, okay, but they drop it right where they're supposed to when they load. They don't drop a blood, and they're cured. And for the most part, it ends up being where they just know, and about maybe after maybe two or four times with them, they'll keep their hands where they're supposed to. So that's how I fix dropping the hands. Um yeah, now, when I mentioned pulling the elbow, okay, the best drill for that to keep you from pulling that elbow is what I call the power V drill. And all the power V is is the extension after contact. I mean, when you look at there's some great photographs, of course, of batters sitting back on their backside, and both their arms are forming a V and straight, and the bat's pointing right at the pitcher. That's the extension part of the swing. You can't do that if that left elbow's pulling it. 
So you have to use That's your right. top hand. You have to snap. See, the thing about the word snap was is that I used to say throw the top hand, blah, you know, punch the top hand. I used to throw that out. That wasn't a very good imagery for kids, snapping the top hand. I One of the things I use is I got Mickey Cabrera on, on film in slow motion, and he's swinging. And right where his bat is parallel to the ground, okay, when the barrel's back, yep. I stop it. I go, well, how is he going to get his top hand? How is he going to get the bat hand of the ball? We can't pull it there. And you see his top hand snap it to the point of contact through the extension, power being finished. One time I was working with this team, this softball team, fast pitch to high school team, and when I got when I got done with them all winter, and they were they were in the season, and they're over in the cage next to me, hitting off the machine, and not one of them hit the machine. Of course, I'm looking at them, right while I'm doing my lesson with the kid. Mm-hmm. What the hell's going on? So I so I, I said to my the kid I'm working with, hey, excuse me for one minute. I went over and I said, Coach, can I talk to them? They go, sure, Bobby, go ahead. I said, girls, I want you to do power V drill. And the power V drill is where you go through your whole swing, but you snap it and stop with your bat pitcher. You don't finish your swing. And all of a sudden, line drive, line drive. But they were not using that top end to get through. So the power V is a really good wow. drill. Um, I, you know the fence drill, right, where you put – you know how to do the fence drill? Yep. Where you, where you, so the fence drill is a really great drill to stay inside the ball, keep it from casting out. Um, it all yeah. gets you through that. And then also I told you about the golf drill. <clears throat> I toss the ball between the knee and the uh, shin and tell them to golf the ball out. That's to get kids to use their hands because you got to snap that mm-hmm. bad head through to get to do that. So that I spent a lot of time with the hands, Rick, a lot of time with the hands. Now, in the, now the last That's stage, good. the last stage is the hip. And we have gone from telling kids to squish the bug Remember the old days he said squish the bug to simply yeah. get the kid to pivot on the back foot? Remember, the bad yeah. thing about that is the bad thing about that is is that yes, they are finishing the shoelaces at the pitcher like we want, but they're forcing energy into the ground. They're not taking the bat mm-hmm. and the body into the baseball. So now mm-hmm. great photography, all these coaches have seen these guys hit and they're on their tiptoe. Right? So a lot of high school mm-hmm. coaches saw that, and what they did was is they simply told their kid to get on your toe. Well, you're not doing anything with a hip there. So what you need, what I teach my kids is, is you need to drive your knee. Your rear knee needs to drive mm-hmm. forward. Into the, in, okay? And so the drills we use for that is, you know, I, I, I use the standard. I use the standard where you put the bat behind your back and hook it with your elbows, and you raise the tee to where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be the height of where that bat is, and you work on pivoting or driving that knee into the ball. I use that drill off a tee. Another Excuse me, another drill I do is that knee drive drill where you swing and walk through with your knee. But because I'm so emphasizing okay. with the hips, with the hands, and I want to make sure the hands are incorporated in it because that's how you hit a baseball, I will do my hip-hop drill is I have them get in their stance with their bat, and when they when they swing, they're going to tuck their elbow, their, their top-hand elbow, their rear elbow into the body like they're supposed to with contact, and then they got their arm straight with the bottom arm, and I simply tell them to pop the hip, and they take that bat into that tee with their hands and their hips. So I like that drill a lot. As a matter of fact, I was telling you that I, I've got four, four tee drills where they don't even hit through the ball. They work on that contact point. They got their tape on the barrel. They make when they hit that that tape is right over the top of that of that where the ball was of that of that tee. But those are my three areas. Those are my three areas as far as as I think I see a lot of kids. Now, if you want to go even further, we get kids that overstride. They they lunge. They step out of the box. 
I have been really successful with this, Rick, is I don't teach a stride to the ages 10, 11, 12, okay? I don't teach a stride. What I do is mm-hmm. I get, you know, the great Gary Ward, Oklahoma State University, told us that your bat length will dictate your stride. So we get at their bat length. Yep. And what I do is I do a lower body load along with the upper body load we talked about. What I take, we take the lead knee. If you're right-handed, it's your, it's your left knee, and you turn your left knee in as you hit. And when you do that, that rotates mm-hmm. the hips back. So now we're looking at a little more rotational style hitting. We roll the hands back, and we simply yep. just, just fire that right knee, that rear knee like we just talked about on the hip, and you get those hands to the ball. And you know what? These kids now, they don't, they don't have to worry about when to step, how to step, all that kind of stuff. As you know, you've seen this. The biggest thing right now, the Josh Donaldson thing, the, the Joey Batista stuff, where they have a real open stance and they go, they try to get to a square stance. That's hard to do. That's a lot of movement. And what these kids don't realize is that now all the pitchers are going to see them inside because they're moving towards the plate. So I take that yeah. away and we just work on that. And then if they want to stride, we just pick it up and put it down. And that's the biggest, that's what I do Definitely. for that overstriding thing. So I got other that's things awesome. yeah, to that... talk about as far as uh, problems I see. Hitting the curveball. That, you know, we get that all the time. Wow, I can't hit the curveball. Can't hit the curveball. Can't hit the curveball. If you've got a pitching machine in a facility, here's how you cure the, cure, here's how you cure the curveball. Because we had one high school here, and I can't understand it. We had one high school in the area. They used the curveball as the tryout machine. Now imagine. Hmm. If nobody gets the curveball, who are you going to pick, right? So anyway, so we get ready right. for tryouts, you know. And so, that, so here's how I teach the curveball. It's curveball. We put the machine at curveball, you know, uh, mode, right? And I tell the kid to do this. Mm-hmm. I have a kid that comes in, he'll, he'll miss. Because remember, when you miss a curveball, you never miss under. You always miss over it, correct? Because the ball drops, okay? That's right. So this kid's missing, yep. every, this kid's missing every ball. And Rick, I'm going to tell you something right now. This happens every time. Kid misses the ball, misses the ball, misses the ball, misses the ball. So the machine's on curveball mode. I say, I want you to bunt the ball. To the opposite way. So he bunt, he bunt a whole bucket, bunt, 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 bunt. Now what he what he doesn't realize he's doing is, is he's watching exactly, and he's putting the bat exactly where he's supposed to hit it. So he's training not only where he's supposed to hit it, but he's training the brain. And we get down the button, mm-hmm. let's hit. He goes, we get down the button. He, I go, let's hit. And every kid goes, what do you mean let's hit? No words of wisdom. No, I go, no, just hit. And all of a sudden he's crushing. <laughs> You can't understand. I go because you taught yourself by visualizing yep. that ball, yep. seeing it come in, and hitting bunting the way. So I encourage bunts that way by bunting the way. Hitting uh, the outside pitch is a tough one too because it's really out of the kid's comfort zone. Because I train I'm, in the winter, I'll train from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. 10 u all the way to 12 u in St. Charles here, and it, it, it's good baseball program. And when we work on the outside pitch, you know, that's hard for kids. The kids actually think, even in the high school age, Rick, kids think, yeah, they say, oh, hit the outside pitch, slow your bat down. No. <clears throat> it's the same bat speed you have in the ball down the middle inside, only at different location. They don't understand that. So right. what I was thinking, yep. I was thinking to myself, well, wouldn't it be great, obviously, if you could throw a baseball at a kid and just have the ball stop at the contact point so they can focus on hitting the ball the other way. And this is what I came up with. I'll take a, I'll take a kid and put him, put him at the plate, and I'll put the T, I'll put a T on the outside part of the plate based upon where he's at. And a lot of times I'll even make it tough on him. I'll put him in the middle of the body, okay, on the outside corner. And, he's got, he, and he has the bucket of balls, 
okay? And then I'll be throwing balls to him, but I'll be doing it like this. I'll take the L frame, and I'll line up the net of the L frame in line with the T, right? And I've got maybe a couple balls. And what I'll do is I'll be the pitcher, and I'll throw the ball, but, of course, I'll throw it into that net in front of me. So now, so now he sees the ball release out of my hand, and it stops in front, and then when the ball hits that net, then he looks and hits the ball the other way. So it's as close as I could get to actually throwing the ball and stopping it. And that's really been successful for me, teaching those kids how to go the other way and use that, hit that outside pitch. Because that's a, for most kids, that's just out of their, that's just completely out of their, uh, their comfort zone. Um, yeah, another, another thing, oh, um, and last but not least, proper finish. I found this out. Mm-hmm. If you finish properly, if you finish properly, front, you know, you get through, you get through your swing. Okay, your, your head's down, number one. Your, your front toe is 45 degrees open a little bit. You've got, you've got your front leg is firm. Your back leg is bent. Your head's in line with your rear knee. You're stacked the back side, okay? Your, your, dry, your, your, your rear foot, a shoelace to point the pitcher, okay? And then this is important, and the knob is at the pitcher because if your knob is at the pitcher, I mean, you use your top hand. I found so many times when kids finish properly, they crush the ball. And the reason why is this, is that when you finish properly, you've got to be doing things correctly to get there. And that happens that's a lot. Right. We just work on finishing properly. That's right. So that's kind of, oh, so that's, that's, pretty, you know, that's, that's what I see a lot right now. That's what I see a lot um, as far as, as, as kids and hitting the problems they have and how I cure them. Definitely. Definitely. And do you, do you use that tire, too? Is that good for, like, a, what do you use that for? The, the, oh, that's the talking okay, that's in okay, and the that, that, that tire I sent you a picture of? Okay. I, yeah. When I, when I hit that, I've, I've got a heavy bag that I, that I use to hit with, okay? And the heavy bag, I use the heavy bag for the two hands, and they just swing it through the ball. Now, that puts in the, because to me, of all the six important phases of hitting that we talked about, the six mechanical areas, and you can't argue this, the most important is the contact point. Because the contact point will determine where and how hard you hit that baseball, okay? Yeah. And so that, that heavy bag, I make sure when I do the heavy bag, I make sure that the heavy bag is lined up with their front foot so they're going into it. So the heavy bag teaches you how to make proper contact. Now, the tire <laughs> that you're talking about, I got this idea that, um, I, you know, because, you know, you're in the fitness, you know, you're certified. I was a personal yeah. trainer. Yeah. The the tire that lays down on the ground, the tire lays down on the ground, and you use sledgehammers. I understand. I understand that whole thing, that whole concept of using a sledgehammer, you know, of power, exertion, um, you know, right mm-hmm. hand, left hand, but it's not a baseball bat, okay? And what I did mm-hmm. was is I had a guy – one of my clients is into steel, and what he did was, is I talked to him about this. I said, man, you know what I'd love to have? I'd love to have a rebar, solid rebar, 33 inches, so I can use that So to hit a tire. And so yeah. what he did was is he made me, like I showed you, for anywhere from 7.3 pounds, four of them up to 14.6 pounds. We got the tire wow. angled against the wall like that, and we hit that side with it. And... I tell you what, we, we incorporate that in the winter. We don't do it during the season, but we do that in the winter yeah. and get ready for the season. And the thing about using the weighted bats and the thing about using rebar and heavy stuff is that, yes, it builds the forearms. Yes, it makes the bat light, okay? But 
when those kids go to the plate and they hit, they have the greatest look on their face because they know that they can crush anything now. The confidence just soars. Yeah. That bat feels so, yeah. so good in the hands. So that's what that tires for, you know. And I got a little other, a lot of crazy stuff, too, that, that we use. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got to be innovative. I mean, you got to do something that's different that's going to keep the kids' interest. I mean, you know how it is in fitness, you know, you know how it is in personal training. You don't do the same thing every time. Every week you try right. to change something. So so it gets that brain motivated. Also, the adre- you know, the endorphins are firing a little bit more. They're a little more excited. So we kind of try to do this. I try to try, kind of do the same thing where I'm at right now. And, uh, you know, that's it's great. Uh, yeah. It's- that's awesome. Yeah, that's the key. You know, it's just to change it up and get key kids interested and, like you said, be creative. I think that's the thing we get as as sometimes coaches. We can get, or well, trainers too, but we just get like, you know, stale. We use the same thing. Exactly. That's why it's comfortable for us to do that, you know. Um, but we need to be creative. We need to think more. And I think that's great. When I saw that, Kyra, when you, what you just explained is a great concept. And it's it's different. And that's the key. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because it's, it's, that's great. It's, you know, that's, Kev, that's, uh, real quick, one, one more question. Kevin Long, now, yeah. you said you were friends with him. Tell me a little bit about maybe what, what did you learn from Kevin or what has he shared with you with hitting that's uh, really kind of, that's really stuck with you through the years? The number, Kevin Long's, yeah. the draw I use from Kevin is the home run drill, okay? The home okay. run drill is done like this. The home run drill is done like this. I want you to imagine taking an L-frame, okay, and turning it and putting it across the plate, okay? So when you're standing there, it's like the fence drill. Like the, when you're standing there and you're looking at the picture, then you look right in front of you, there's that, there's that L-frame, okay? Right in right, right mm-hmm. that, that net right there. And what that does is that keeps the bat, that he, and Robbie Cano, Kevin said Robbie Cano, <laughs> he had to tell him, no, we're not doing it today. He loved this drill so much because what it does is it keeps you inside the baseball. It gets you so yeah. explosive that the ball just jumps off the bat. And the, you know, the <laughs> other thing is, you know, um, that, that, you know, the, just just watching Kevin and, um, you know, the thing about Kevin, though, see, is, and what we're a little bit different, is Kevin's more of a bottom-hand guy and I'm more of a top-hand okay. guy. And that's how uh, it was in Arizona. Uh, Arizona, uh, Jerry Stitt was a bottom-hand guy and I was a top-hand guy. We put them both together, and we won a national championship. Um, but yeah, because yeah, Kevin Kevin was a Rod's guy. I mean, you know, Kevin was was yeah. was a Rod's personal kind of guy. So, and it was all lead arm extension. You know, Charlie Lau lead arm extension, Walter Raniak lead arm extension, lead arm extension, yeah. and through yeah. through photography and stuff like that. Um, I believe it was a top hand, but you know, and that's what makes that that's what makes baseball great. You get you know, when you have these little arguments, but. The the home run drill is probably the one that uh, I really use that Kevin uses. That's great. The other one real quick I like about Kevin. Let me interrupt you. The other thing I like about Kevin is this: he got this little drill. You know, you know, you know the you, you know the you got you got inside you got ball inside and the ball outside, and then he'll say he'll say you know he'll get you go ready, and then he'll he'll say you know inside you hit the ball inside. And then you put the ball in the team. He goes, okay, you load, you go outside, hits the ball outside, right? We all have done that drill. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that Kevin does I've never seen before is Kevin will add hold or take. And that causes the guy to stop. Mm-hmm. So where are your hands and you stop? Are they floating? Are they staying back? Is your body leaning? 
So I thought that was great yeah. that he uh, that had is. that pace. Yeah, so I never saw, you know, I'm, that's another thing I got from Kev. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times you're right. We just we just say, you know, in out, inside, outside, or whatever. And they, exactly. Oh, they take yes. a pitch. Yeah. When they take a pitch, you can tell a lot on a hitter, you know, and oh, I think that's where it's they, when they take a pitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think one of the, yeah. one of the coolest things I remember – Learning from the White Sox, I was with the White Sox for a while, and there as one of their uh, one of their summer coaches, they brought um, the, the year when they, see, one of the big things here is the White Sox Bulls Academy, and the White Sox Academy will go everywhere and do camps for kids in all the areas, do park districts and YMCA's and stuff like that. And what they did was mm-hmm. when they first started this was is they brought certain junior college coaches in, like uh, Bob Simmons from Triton, you know, who, who where Kirby Puckett played and Lance Johnson and that, and myself mm-hmm. and a couple others, and they picked our brains as far as what we teach in our camps. So let's face it, we all run mm-hmm. camps in the summer to fundraise. I mean, all my camps were done so I could pay my coaches. I mean, I had a salary. Right. They had nothing, so I, that's yeah. how they got their money. And right. um, one of the things I learned about, about being with the White Sox is, is that the White Sox emphasize that when you take a pitch – you look down, look at the contact point when you take a pitch. Instead of just looking mm-hmm. at the pitch, you're like, okay, I'm going to take it. And that struck me so much because think about it. If you're continually looking down even when you're taking a pitch, where do you think you're going to look when you hit? You're going to look down. Right. So I took that kind of right. with me as far as, as taking the pitch. But, yeah, I mean, you, you watch those kids and their hands will drop or their, or their, or their bat will float. And now think about it. They're full. They're in no position to hit right now. That's right. Yeah, that's right. See a curveball, so that's true. Oh my God! There it is, and all of a sudden they're floating. They're giving up on it. Well, heck, you got to stay back. You got to be in that. You know that your hands got to be separated, just like you were in the launch in the low position. So yeah, that's so right. Take drill, that's absolutely. Throw that take. Throw that take, and that thought was ingenious. Absolutely, yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot because it's true. It's it's what you do. You know, when you when you take a pitch, you can tell a lot what's going on, and and, and the other oh, team, absolutely. the other coaches, they can. They pick up on that too, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But but in true essence, though, I think that uh, you know, when we learning how to hit a baseball, okay, learning how to hit a baseball is it, tough. But once you get the mechanics down, you know, once you get the mechanics down, the body will be able to repeat it every single time. What gets yeah. involved too much when makes you then make mistakes is the brain. The brain starts getting involved, and all of a sudden you start questioning yourself, and is it a strike, blah, blah, blah. So I think one of the frontiers mm-hmm. we have to, I think the frontier, when we, went from, we went from teaching how to hit a baseball, and then the next big thing was what you're doing, and what I'm doing too, is we're incorporating the fitness aspect, the training aspect, mm-hmm. the speed and agility. Yep. That was the next frontier. Because think about it, here we are, here when you're up here in the north, Rick, what you've got is is that you've got what used to be just, you know, all seasonal. Baseball was, you know, from March to whoever. Well, now baseball goes, you know, from January because now all the, te- all the travel teams are indoors training, okay? So what are you going to do? Okay, you might be able to hit two nights a week, and you might be able to do defense maybe one or two nights a week, um, but – what else can you do? Well, that's where the fitness came in. That's where the speed and agility came in. That's where the strength training came in. So that was the yeah. frontier. Well, we're doing that now. I think the biggest frontier is, is that brain. I mean, 
to me, if you can work as hard as you can, any kid out there, on recognizing a baseball, recognizing the pitch, what the pitch is, you're going to be at such an advantage because now you can prepare for that, that as, as Benny Hayes called it, that 60-foot, six-inch race where, you're, where the ball's racing and you're racing to get to the proper finish contact. One time, That's here's right. one thing I thought was real, here's one thing I thought was really cool. Baseball America, which is the Bible for all of us, right? We all read Baseball America. They had a, they had mm-hmm. an edition that was about management and how to get in the baseball. And what this one executive said was talking about being a scout, not not necessarily being a scout scout, but learning the game. Be a scout, okay? And here's what he said to do. He said, "I want you to think about pur- purchasing the." the MLB games, you know, the video games, okay? And people started laughing. He goes, no, listen to me, okay? So you, so you get those MLB games for your video, the PSI or whatever, and, PSA, and what you do is you put it in, but you turn it to the mode of where you're behind home plate, okay? Mm-hmm. And what you 